Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 651, a strike on FM 104, a strawberry alarm clock. Morning to Caroline, who's on the way into work in the rotunda. Keep us laughing, lads. We'll do our best, Caroline. Keep the babies coming, Caroline. Fair play to Caroline. And do they have the radio on in the, in the rotunda? I know that Hollis Street has F104 on and nearly every floor I was ever on. 104 is blaring in Hollis Street. Never knew you worked as a guy now in the past life, Jim. No, I was there a few times for uh, as a customer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, whether it's, yeah, sometimes the security desk would have us on or there might be a ward that would have us on. So thanks very much. We appreciate it. And thanks for people, if you're working from home and you have the radio on where your louser of a boss wouldn't let you normally have it on, fair play to you. Yeah. We're, we're really? wondering, like, you know, people are, are choosing to stick us on working from home, whereas in, in the office maybe people aren't allowed to have the radio on because it's a distraction. It's really not. It's just some background company. Like, we're, we are, to some people, the only mates that you don't have to socially distance from. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or actually in your ears, or in your kitchen, or in your van. Look, if it's good enough for Hollow Street, it's good enough for anywhere. Uh, outpatient department has it on, or partial to an old bop as well. Fair play to you. Right, we will try and get a bop in before seven. Now, it's time for Showbiz News. FM 104's Dish the Dirt. So the big thing we need you to watch tonight is this new Gangs of London show. It comes yes. highly recommended. All we knew about it before today or yesterday was that uh, Colm Meany was in it. And we thought, oh, that's going to be good. That sounds good. I saw a trailer from it and thought, oh, yeah, that looks all right. Then we get access to see the first episode and interview Joe Cole, who's the main guy in it. And uh, he, was in, uh, he was in all sorts of stuff, loads of great stuff. Most recently, Peaky. Peaky Blinders, yeah. And... Um, it's nothing like Peaky Blinders because it's all it's very modern London and uh, it is brilliant if you like you know gangster dramas if you loved Love Hate or any of those kind of uh, very graphic brilliantly filmed gangster things this is up there so um, that's it's, yeah it's on Sky Atlantic it's all the episodes land today we'll be talking to Joe Cole later on and it's on Now TV as well now, something that you can avoid on the TV is Richard and Judy. They are making a comeback. Oh, I thought she retired. Well, she effectively had. She, I, I didn't know she did lose women for a while, but she did. Obviously, Richard is still sticking his head up around the place. I'd say he'd love to get himself into the jungle. He'd be the type of fella. Oh, he'd love that. Mm. <laughs> and and his, his son-in-law was on it last year, so he now has connections. He's probably saying to him, Come here, James, would you, uh, you wouldn't send him a message there just say I'm available, would you? So it's going to be on Channel 4, and it's uh, it's to do with books. Oh, yeah, they, they have a book club. I think they had a book club before most people. Yeah, well, they should have kept it online, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Emily, At- A- A- Emily Atak has flaunted her stunning finger in the stylish gym gear after losing one stone. Uh, the in-betweeners uh, actress worked every angle of her camera before getting stuck into her lockdown workout. Now, whenever I saw her on Instagram, she was she putting up pictures of she was putting up pictures of pizza and wine and watching binge watching TV. So I didn't know she was uh, working out as well. <laughs> she she gave the impression she wasn't, but uh, yeah, she was showing off the result of her health kick after she's lost a stone in three months thanks to healthy eating. Uh, Mr. Louis Theroux says 
by the way, 64 million people have streamed uh, Tiger King in one month. But wow. Louis, who we've, we've all discovered, he had the Tiger King on, on one of his episodes quite a few years ago. He said, uh, the tiger perspective was slightly lost. I sort of thought there was an animal rights story here, which they kind of did in the end, but you don't see it in the yes, foreground. It's true. So he said, I feel bad even raising that because I thought it was an amazing piece of multi-episode storytelling. But that was just one thing that he said. Yeah, I thought they, they, didn't, oh, they didn't do that enough. Louis Threw started his own podcast now. Has he? Yes, because so, so he was, all his plans to do documentaries and stuff had to be cancelled, obviously. So he's stuck at home and he thought, what can I do? So uh, whoever he's working with has decided to hook him up with loads of celebrities that he's interested in. And he's doing these massive interviews as a podcast. It's called, I think it's called Lockdown or Rounded or something like that. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's dipping his toe into the uh, podcast waters, which is going to be pretty good. I'd say it will be good, all right, yeah. And for those of us who love Better Call Saul, and I've got two seasons, including the last one, to, to, to catch up on, uh, Bob Odenkirk, his son and his son's uh, roomie from college have both had uh, coronavirus, and, and quite badly, his uh, son is Nate. He's 21, he's had asthma for quite a, quite a few years, and um, he said uh, it was really, really bad, and he said he still uses an inhaler, he's going to be okay, but... Um, he just said, we're so used to getting the flu, and we just go, ah, I've been been through the flu, it's grand. And then he said, two or three days later, you're much worse. Yeah. So he's recovering at home. His dad's minded him. Fair play. And scary stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder, does Kim Wexler come around just to make him feel even worse? <laughs> <laughs> I still like her, though. It's just everybody else. Uh, right, that is your dish for now. We'll have more after 7 o'clock on the Strawberry to F104. Mike Posner, Pill and Abita on FM104, Strawberry Alarm Clock. I think that was one of the questions on Instagram during the week. It weekend. was, it was a, a Monday question. Oh, a Monday question. Well, today it'll be Thursday questions, and uh, right after this little chat, I'll put up the qualifying question. So, uh, we're looking at uh, what's going on in the world. Uh, later on this morning, we're going to talk to uh, the Minister for Health, Simon Harris. He's back for another chat. Now, I wonder, is he coming back for another chat to tell us all to continue to practice social distancing because I think it's getting a little loosey-goosey out there. I'd say he's ringing us to say all the pubs are opening again on the 5th of May. (laughs) (laughs) I I doubt that. Well, um, mass gatherings, we know that. The places, uh, things that aren't going to happen. Another one is going to be the Rose of Tralee. Ah... Which is, you know, I wouldn't be a big fan of the Rose of Tralee myself, but it does bring in a lot of revenue for the town, so... Well, the Tidy Towns was cancelled the other day as well. Little little things that were just part of normal Irish life. We'll have to wait. Looks like the Galway Races is going to be gone, the Ploughing Championship again. All these things, like, it doesn't make any difference to me, but... Uh, now, they could have done Tidy Gardens and got that LRTA drawn out for an L quick whiz. And there you go. Flown over people's gardens. Tidy drone, yeah, exactly. Reinvent it. Exactly. That's my commercial boy way of thinking. (laughs) Uh, 21 degrees and a scorcher. Ireland is to sizzle, but it's still cooler than the record high of the month. That's looking ahead to this weekend, anyway. What was the record high of the month? Um, 25.8 degrees in Donegal. Right. In the Glenties. Wasn't 25 in Dublin, anyway. Um, so when you do hear that weather, it's something we'll probably ask Minister Harris about. Uh, you know, when you see good weather forecasts coming, you must get extra nervous. Yeah, well, I did see in the supermarkets there was stacks of those disposable barbecues ready to go. Don't leave them on your decking at home, like I did. <laughs> Put a brick underneath them, like I didn't. Um, Colin Meaney has backed Saoirse Ronan to be the next Meryl Streep as he saluted her the next generation of Irish stars um, so yeah she, she, well she has the potential of course she does like Meryl Streep I think is the most nominated actress of all time possibly is she and uh, the way Saoirse's going she'll be catching her up in no time Jurgen Klopp, Mr. Positivity, has uh, insisted Liverpool will not rest on their laurels after warning Premier League rivals they have not seen the best of his team yet. What do they do with the team? 
I mean, <clears throat> they clearly can't train. So I'm watching Joe Wicks. They're watching Joe Wicks. I mean, do they have a little Zoom chats with Jurgen every day? What's, what are they doing? They probably are, actually, yeah. <laughs> they should tell they should. me some press-ups, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, David Moyes is delivering fruit and veg to the vulnerable. All right. Fair play to him. There's, there's some people doing some good stuff, all right. If you did have, like, a totally different job or career and you're, you are after getting into something else to keep you busy or you decided to, you know, work for one of the supermarkets stacking shelves and normally you're a, I don't know, uh, a quantity surveyor, uh, what have you flipped into? Front page of the Irish Daily Star is uh, PPP, PPE ripoff probe quizzed over 1.5 million face mask con. Irishman says story is inaccurate and vows to speak out. This is the face of an Irishman at the centre of a giant probe into 1.5 million COVID-19 face mask scam. Um, his name is Anthony Pierce, as we quizzed by Gardaí, uh, and had 1.5 million euros worth of frozen in an account linked to his company after a German firm said it was uh, duped into paying uh, that exact sum for a million uh, of face masks. Um, I saw another thing on TV last night that there's an awful lot of scamming going on. Nothing to do with this story now, but uh, just in general, people are using... There's opportunities, yeah. Yeah, they're using this as an opportunity to, to try and rip people off. So be very careful if that email looks weird or there's someone looking for money or they want to send you money, just just don't, just don't take it literally. One, one of the scams I saw was uh, click here for free Netflix. I think, yeah, I think one to definitely watch out for now would be some sort of revenue and they, they've happened in the past and the revenue logo and everything's on it and one thing to watch is always look at the email address and even the web address because they might have like a .ie and then a dot .something else or the, the email address will be slightly, slightly different, uh, particularly with people, maybe uh, with certain employers you might be entitled to tax back or they'll just use it, so just watch out for that. Um, when your soap has gone on for uh, over half a century and it has to come to a halt like it's never come before, um, Coronet Street bosses are trying their best to, to work out how they're going to keep it filming. Because like Fair City, Fair City ran out ages ago. The UK one seemed to have a bit more in the tank uh, from episodes that weren't edited yet. But uh, all the old crew won't be able to go back. So Ken Barlow, Rita... And those or still be cocooning, yeah. They can't. So they're wondering, can some of the younger actors on the likes of Carnegie Street and Hollyoaks and all the usuals go back to work at five at a time? Well, I, <clears throat> I don't understand why uh, soap operas, like anything else, can't just reflect what's really happening. So surely Ken Barlow could film scenes where he's talking into a Zoom or a Skype and that could be part of the soap opera because that's exactly what people are doing right now you know but I think he, he was I don't watch it I just saw from stories over the last few weeks I think he was in in a nursing home in Carnation Street so there could right. be bits yeah but I don't know obviously you don't have a soap opera where just everyone's on the phone <laughs> uh, filter coffee or any other kind of coffee is the healthiest way to drink it but filters apparently is, is the healthiest and uh, it's it cuts your risk of death by 15% get the coffee into your face yeah, I, uh, couldn't, they, I couldn't live without it, I don't think. No. Women uh, and men, 500,000 of them from age 20 uppers, recorded the amount of and type of coffee they drank for an average of 20 years. And uh, it, it reduces heart, um, any risk to heart health. It's good for blood pressure. And, uh, yeah, it's just, there's no, there's nothing bad. There's no bad things to take from it. Get it into your face. And actress Halle Berry has told how her James Bond co-star back in the day Pierce Brosnan saved her life after she began choking on a fig during a seductive James Bond scene. What was she doing with her fig in her mouth? She had a fig, became stuck in her throat, blocking her airwaves. So he gave her the Heimlich. <laughs> he was there for me. He will always be one of my favourite people in the whole world. Um, he knows she how to do the Heimlich. Him. Like this one thing that I'm always thinking I should do a, a course in you, you go know. up behind somebody, you yeah. put your hands together, just under, under the rib cage. Under the rib cage, yeah. And you go, <gasps> I think it, it can be a crude enough way of doing it. There's no precise, just just get right in there and squeeze. And lift them up off their feet if you can. Well, she'll never forget him now because uh, he saved her life. So, fair play to you. A real life hero. It really sounds like a song. Last night, Pierce Brosnan saved my life. 
with the Heimlich. <laughs> but now, Clock, uh, Fran makes a good point that I didn't really think of, Jim. If you're putting one of those disposable barbecues onto uh, a slab or a brick or anything, they can also get very, very hot. And uh, he tried that, and he also burned something underneath, even through the brick. Oh. So yeah, he also got... He burned his deck. I saw Dublin Fire Brigade tweeting a photograph, I think it was around Easter weekend, and uh, it was a balcony that was, like, this is, half of it was gone, and it was high up in, in a, a block of apartments, and they were saying, you know, don't be, don't be cooking on these yokes on your decking. So what would be so, the best thing to put it on, a metal table or something? Eh, uh, yeah, well, even metal will conduct, but shouldn't burn, I, I don't know. Just, just get a real one. I have a really small one. It must be gone 12 years. It's still, I think it was 50 lids. still works. And whatever way the, the metal stands in them are, they, they get hot, but not, not to the burny point. I have a little gas burner. It was 20 euro. And uh, you bring it out the back. It has little legs on it, so it doesn't burn the thing that it's sitting on. And you can make anything you want. Anything you want. And a little, a little, little thing of gas lasts you couple of weeks oh ages yeah so here's the scary music I hear that yeah what's going on a couple set sail on a 5,000 kilometre voyage telling relatives they didn't want to hear any bad news when they left on the 28th of February oh dear they sailed around the Canary Islands and they kept on going they want to see the size of their boat like it's 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 big enough but like they, it looks like they crossed the Atlantic in it so this Holy is they, they had no idea what's going on in the world. No, but surely they so, would have had radios and internet and some kind of connection, no? Well, if you were using navigational radios, you'd just be discussing what what's essential updates and that. You wouldn't be talking about. As you see, there uh, in Ireland, they haven't. They're still going out, you know. Yeah. Ryan Osborne and his wife Elena Manlietti, I think is how you pronounce her name. Now she's from Bergamo, and her family are all Italian and she didn't even know about that so when they left on their boat at the end of Feb they just thought yeah it's, it's a bit of an issue in, in China and places in the Far East but they'll, they'll get over it like they have with other viruses that they had so they left Lanzarote and they sailed and they sailed and they sailed and then when they got to the Caribbean that's when they heard about the situation and the fact that her family were obviously in one of the worst parts for Corona in Italy uh, made it even more scary and uh, we instantly got in touch with everybody and asked how they were and if anyone we knew had, had got the virus um, and uh, the family were all fitting well so it was grand but imagine being you know that much out of the loop that you hadn't a clue that's an awful lot of news you've missed isn't it yeah <laughs> it's like what I think this happened with some astronauts a few weeks ago but I don't know if I believe that I mean surely if you're open space NASA are communicating with you I heard stories about things like that that happened in in wartime, but like there was no, there was no TV or radio stuff going on. So there's you know people were distanced, but like you wouldn't imagine in in these days it'd be very difficult. Like even people who, who kind of sail across the Atlantic on their own, they usually have some kind of uh, technology that they can they can still chat to people. Well, with them there's there's no three G in the Z, so data. And stuff like that was uh, was gone. wasn't an option. You know, Wi-Fi. Yeah. So uh, mad. But as I did see someone talking about it the other day, their granny has been saying to them, "Listen, I know this is tough, but when we got through other issues and wars and stuff like that, we had none of the gadgets that everyone has today. Yeah. Which have no exactly. doubt made it all easier. You know, the fact that even that you can listen to us on anything proves that. Strange story." They must have been. They must have got a terrible fright. Yeah, uh, French authorities had to get involved because um, they they weren't allowed permission uh, to come on land, and they'd effectively been in quarantine since the end of February. So then yeah, they were like, "Oh yeah, grand, you're okay." So, but yeah, we're going to need a bigger boat with some three G. It's uh, 7.26. FM 4, it's Down Clock, 28, uh, with Ariana Grande. What is the crack? Uh, so, yeah, a lot of you are kind of trying to remember. It's hard when you think about it, isn't it? We're on lockdown since the 10th. I took the kids out three days before the schools closed. Yeah, and now it's six that. weeks. But it feels, uh, it feels like six years. That's crazy, yeah. It was Friday the 13th of March that the schools closed. So you can work it out from that. 
Yeah, but they were gone. So it was the Thursday morning that they did that announcement about half eleven, and then everyone was like, "Oh, so so they're not open tomorrow?" No, they're not open even tomorrow. Right. <laughs> no, so yeah. like, I, I, like what I mean is, uh, people are sending us the actual date. No, I know that, but I, I imagine everyone has slightly different dates, as in when they started working from home. Yes. Because yeah, well, I'm going I, to. I know I started working from home a couple of days before you. And it was kind of a, a test thing, and then, then we went into full work from home thing after that. That's, that's, but don't forget, everyone, we didn't go into that lockdown, this lockdown situation, until a few weeks after. Yeah, that was I think three weeks ago tomorrow. I think city centre is like a ghost town. Uh, it's hard enough to even find a Jacks that's open, says Carlo. Right. I don't know. It's just yeah. Some people who are driving like a, we we work with a few people there who still have to be on the roads, and uh, they they're saying yeah, it's busy enough, randomly, uh, in the even times. It's so strange, and every day just kind of rolls into another. You know, it really, really does. <laughs> like I know that we have Podgy on the show tomorrow. It doesn't feel like a week since we had Podgy on the show, and they know Podgy's is Podgy's Fridays. That's the only way I know Fridays. It's different as we have Podgy on Fridays. Yeah, it's, it's, I think does everyone else kind of feel like that? Like obviously the days can be long, but yeah, the weeks the it rolls around. It definitely feels like it rolls around a lot quicker. Yeah, the weeks are short, aren't they? So it is a bit strange, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good job to you know we're here to put some sort of sense of normality into everything. Um, we will be wishing a happy birthday to somebody on Dish the Dirt, someone who's uh, been in a lot of movies, and Jimmy Carr. Even he's after reading his jokes, which he normally never, ever does. And also coming up on the show today, we'll bring you some, uh, just after 8 o'clock, we'll bring you some new TV shows that are being announced for, for the lockdown scenario. Uh, we'll have Simon Harris, the Minister for Health, will be having another chat with us this morning. Uh, very interesting to see what he wants to say to us. Is he advising us to, uh, to keep going? Or what is he going to tell us? I presume that's what he's going to say. But we'll find out. And we'll talk to Joe Cole from the brand new Sky Atlantic show, Gangs of London, which is brilliant. It's out from today. All nine episodes. You don't need to wait week by week. You can binge all weekend. And he's here a little bit after nine o'clock. So slow job I'm sitting down. Why? I've just been handed another coffee. Two days in a row. Yeah, you see, it's, it's comments like that will get you no coffee. Thank you! Oh, say thank you, that's nice. Where love stories begin. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire and Skin Star Dev Patel turns 30 today. Happy birthday to him. I can't believe he's only 30. Yeah, me too. That's the first thing I was like, what? His latest film, The Personal History of David Copperfield, was a smash hit with critics. I've never heard of it. And is due out on DVD uh, on the 15th of June. Um, remember DVDs? Dev shares how he feels about his birthday milestone. Scary, isn't it? Oh, man, I'm getting old. I get real bad about birthdays. Like, I'm not good at celebrating myself. I get too much attention. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> well, if you're not sure about birthdays, this is kind of a good time to have a birthday because the most you're going to get is a video call. So Slumdog Millionaire came out 12 years ago. So he must have been 16 then. 18. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. It's a good job. You're not playing on Instagram, Jim Jim. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's... Well, yeah, I mean, I remember the, the very young actors on it. and there was, Wasn't there a bit of controversy over how much they were getting paid and stuff? Um, no, I think that everybody who... Probably, but. I, everybody, I only read this the other day, that everybody who uh, worked in that was paid a certain amount, but they also, um, they, they... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Made sure that they, they were driven every day to school and they paid for their full education right. until they were 18. Uh, been something the drivers, yeah. Now Jimmy uh, Carr, who knew, normally you know gets himself in trouble, he thinks people aren't in the mood for joking. Is that do we have that right? There's certain things people aren't in the mood for. We've stopped doing uh, prank phone calls and stuff like that because just I don't think don't think it'd be nice in this current climate. Now we don't we we don't mind playing the old ones, but uh, yeah, there's certain things that people wouldn't be in the mood for. So he's doing a little uh, tiny quiz of the lockdown, which we, we've mentioned this before. It's 10 questions every day. Hello, we do that here. <laughs> uh, I like, I mean, I do a fair amount of quizzes on TV, but the idea of doing jokes at this time, I think people are having very different experiences with uh, COVID-19. All right. Thanks for that, uh, Jimmy. Uh, Richard and Judy are returning to Channel 4, the new show about books. Da, 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 da. That's still the theme tune of this morning, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They just tweeted a bit, I think. Richard and Judy keep reading and carry on. Starts those mugs with carry on. I just have those cushions with carry on on them as well. Oh, that carry on thing. You know. Anyway, it's going to start in May on Channel Four. Jamie Oliver had keep cooking and carry on, so it's clearly a series they're doing. The only thing more British to do than that is to be telling everyone how great Brexit was as an idea. That's that's the next most British thing down you can do is have one of those carry on things. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Here's the new Dua Lipa at seven one zero four. Let's enjoy this. This is uh, as you know we're all in a sort of a lockdown situation. So here's some new uh, programs that have been uh, concocted just for this. The RTE lockdown spectacular. You might be alone during this lockdown, but RTE has got your back. We've got some brand new programming to celebrate being all alone. Alone. Social distancing, fair city. Who are you, Leo? Who's that? It's me, Damien. I'm over here across the road. Oh, who are you doing there, Damien? Uh, very hard to see you there. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, just barely. Uh, shocking all this stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I hope you're staying safe. You cocooning, Leo, are you? Are you wearing a mask? No, I'm not wearing a mask. It's just the way I talk. I got these goggles on eBay. I don't know if they do want them, though. Yeah, you've been wearing them for about a year already. Here, are you going for a pint in McCoy's? Oh, it's closed. Oh, what about the hungry pig? I'll take you for a burger. Closed. Oh, what about the coffee shop? Ditto. All right, I'll see you later, all right? See you later. President Michael D. Higgins becomes Mickey D on TikTok, where he dances to club classics. Right, so I'm at the bottom of the stairs here in the Oris, and I'm going to do the sideways shuffle on the stairs. Are we ready? Uh, hold the camera still, Sabina. Good woman. <laughs> Hello, boys and girls. It's me, Ryan Tuberty, and I'm going to read you a story. So settle down and be quiet, and here it comes. Once there was a little llama called Ryan. Ryan liked to put on a show every Friday night called the Llama Llama Show. But Ryan had a very sweet tooth, and he had too many jelly beans. He got such a sore tummy that he had to stay in bed 
and couldn't do his llama llama show. So they found a beautiful flamingo called Miriam and she presented the llama llama show instead of him. Her ratings were very good. So Ryan had her captured and brought to a zoo. Nobody ever heard from her again. Good night. And don't miss the brand new show where Dahi O'Shea talks to people over Skype that you can't hear. So we have Michael from Bin Bags Ireland. Uh, Michael, how are you? Hello, Dahi. Are you well there? Can you hear me on Skype? I, I can, uh, Michael. Now tell us, uh, what's the best way of putting a bin bag into a bin? Could you, can you, can you explain? Yeah, and then just like put it on. Oh, we're, we're missing it. Um, and handles and just be careful. We can't that. really hear you there. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Can you Hello. hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me you now? About the, you were saying about the bin bags going into the. How? Do, what's the best way of putting them in? Sorry, I'm not hearing you now. Can you hear me now? Uh, right. Okay. Thanks for that. Huh? The RTE lockdown spectacular. Just when you thought being locked indoors couldn't get any worse. FA104's Instagram with cover in a click. Young driver car insurance specialists. See what you can save. Coverinaclick.ie. 10 questions. 60 seconds. 1,000 euro. FA104's Instagram. I won't yeah. lie to you, uh, Jim. This uh, this lady, Stephanie, who's going to have a go on Instagram today, was very excited when Crossy called this morning. Why are you Why so excited, that? Stephanie? Yes. yes, I was. Hi, Jim, Jim and Abby. I was. I got, I got a little bit overexcited. <laughs> I really didn't expect to call back. Um, yeah, Today's your to, day. I've listened to this kind of most mornings um, and kind of been getting seven, eight, sometimes nine. So, I don't know how this is going to go. Nine, with right. me. Wow. So, you're, so an ins- you're a Gram fan? I am, yeah. yeah. Fan of the Gram. How are you listening to our show? Is it uh, the way you always were or are you using some sort of gadget or? Uh, no, just on the radio, just, uh, just the bog standard radio, yeah. Okay, okay, very good. Yeah, very I good. use the app yeah. sometimes though as well. Mm. Smart speakers, it all works. 930 on Virgin Media, whatever, yeah. yeah. A lot of people yeah. have got their bog standard radios that have been off for a long time and they've plugged them all back in. So, you know, this lockdown has brought the radios back to uh, back to life. <laughs> Now you know the way you did the five kilometer. Uh, do you want to do you want to call out on radio the five people you put on your hand in your post? Yeah, will do. Yeah, I, my boyfriend Ryan O'Dee, and he still hasn't done it yet. Uh, right. <laughs> and then a couple of friends: um, Shane, Shannon, Sinead, um Kerry, and many that. I think that's it. Is it? Got him. I think that was five fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone in work nominated um, so me the other day. Two of them have actually done it. You see, you've no way of knowing if people... Well, unless they reply to you, I suppose, and they then... Yeah, yeah, they're meant to share it up back on their story, like, but, um, no, they haven't. Well, I was tagged for the first time the other day, but they'll be waiting. <laughs> you can send them two fingers back. <laughs> That's the exact thing they're doing. I was like, ah, it's the spirit <laughs> of charity. It's not really cool. I will do it. It's just trying to find the time. Uh, yeah. Right, let's put 10 questions on the line for you, Stephanie, and uh, see if we can sort you out with cash. Perfect. Best right. luck. Here we go. Thank you. Gotta accept your first answer. No messing. In three, two, one. On what date is St. Stephen's Day? The 26th of September. The December, sorry. How many pockets? Oh, how many pockets does the pool table have? Uh, eight. What word puzzle consists of a black and white grid that must be filled by solving clues? Um, a crossword. On what part of your body would you find your iris and your retina? Your eye. True or false, Jennifer Lawrence knits wool figures of elephants for some of her fans. False. In what country is the city of Toulouse? Um, France. Who was the president of Ireland before Michael D. Higgins? Um, Mary McAleese. What car manufacturer makes the Corolla? The Toyota. What type of tree produces conkers? An uh, oak tree. And I'll worship you, I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your lies. I'll tell you my sins so you can sharpen your knife. Our lyrics from what song? Um, oh, no idea, guys. 
No idea on that one. My love is gone. Uh, you Take me to church. You Thanks, guys. Do 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 uh, right, let's have a little recap, Stephanie. Yeah, recap. Sorry about the first question. That's so embarrassing. I just slipped. I just slipped. <laughs> <laughs> the 26th of September. <laughs> oh my God. And I think that uh, the has six pockets, not eight. That's right. Yeah. You know it now. You jumped in. Yeah. Um, but anyway. There was two others you got wrong. Uh, the chestnut tree is the one where the conquerors yeah. come from. Okay. Or horsenet chestnut tree, if you want to be really pedantic about it. And uh, Take Me to Church by Hosier is the lyrics. So, Stephanie, you scored a six. Perfect. That's not too bad. <laughs> so, it was yesterday seven? Have we gone from a. We've gone. Uh, an we, eight, started, nine, we started with an eight, seven, then six. we got a nine, and now we got a seven, and now we got okay, a six. So, we're heading for a, f- yeah. a Friday five. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Ah, look, Stephanie, it's it's okay. You know, the ones you got wrong. <clears throat> yeah. What happens is, wrong. though, Stephanie, when you get one wrong, and loads of contestants have told us this, it, it's like a domino effect. You're still yeah. you're still annoyed with yourself about the first one, exactly. so you're not really listening to the next question. Yeah. 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 No. Hundred percent. Especially yeah. when the question was what what uh, what month is Stephanie's <laughs> 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 uh, that, that first question is the real wrong. tricky one. Everyone's got their first question wrong this week. Have they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that. He's just trying to make you feel better. Thanks it's for playing. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Stephanie. Take care. No, only two people have got it wrong. Of course. Of course now, we're not open at the moment, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we, your name will be on the list. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah. Have a good day, guys. Happy Thursday. Cheers, you too. Thanks for listening to us. Now, it's time for Showbiz News. FM 104 is Dish the Dirt. So, Greg Daniels, uh, who wrote and produced The Office, the American version, and Parks and Recreation, is going to be talking to Shoma Sanjay. The full interview will be on The Juice this weekend. Don't miss that. He always has some amazing guests on there. And he's been talking about his new Amazon Prime show, Upload, which comes out on 1st of May. And here's a little sneak preview of the interview on Sunday. Here he tells us about the idea, how he got the idea for the show. Hang on there one second. Sorry, sorry. Strangely, I've had the idea for a super long time. I was a sketch comedy writer early in my career, and I was working for Saturday Night Live. And I was walking around New York City trying to think of ideas. And I went into the um, these electro- this neighborhood of electronic stores, and they were advertising compact disc players. That's how long ago this was. Wow. And um, I started thinking about digitizing and digital versus analog, and what if you could digitize yourself? And then I, I said, well, you know, if you could do that, then people could basically design their own afterlives. Why don't you go and digitize yourself? So uh, we've all been watching uh, Tiger King. Uh, I don't know how they've done this, but they have, they've done a uh, honest trailer for Tiger King, the Netflix show, and uh, here's what it sounds like. Tiger King. Experience the ultimate example of timing is everything in this true crime doc that replaces all your fear, boredom, and isolation with a group of zookeepers who will shock, delight, and confuse you with every other sentence. They burned up seven of my crocodiles. I had bought a lemur with bogus paperwork. I once saw a guy get his finger bit off by a bear outside my office window. I'd like to introduce my wife, but my husband's at home feeding my brand new baby kangaroo. Good. Um, now, amid the uh, coronavirus pandemic, you can listen to a free audiobook by Nick Jonas. <laughs> no, really. Uh, okay. Audible is offering a collection of audio experiences in order to help everyone get the best sleep during this difficult time. And here is a, a snippet of Nick reading a bedtime story. Don't operate heavy machinery. Listen to this. The Perfect Swing by James McGurk and read by me, Nick Jonas. Settle in. Take a deep breath. And listen to me take you on a journey about the perfect baseball swing. We had the perfect swing in Sophie's, but it's gone now. And Sophie's is closed. <laughs> the end. 
Mel C says girl power remains strong in the face of the coronavirus. Mel revealed all this on the uh, Late Late Show with James Corden. And she says the Spice Girls are staying in touch while in lockdown. There's uh, already been rumours that the, the four of them, apart from Victoria, are going to tour again when that's allowed. And she shares an update on how her bandmates are doing. That should never be allowed. Everyone's good. We're staying in touch. It was Victoria's birthday last right. week. So, yeah, everyone's well. Um, coping, supporting each other. Okay. okay. <laughs> I do love her voice, though. She'd always put you in a, in a good mood. Yeah, sure. Uh, Russell Howard says to speaking to an imaginary audience behind a webcam is taking some getting used to. Uh, Russell Howard's home, t- home time airs on Sky One and Now TV, and he told us how it feels trading a live crowd for a tiny camera. It's weird. It's really odd. You just have to go for it. It's very strange just being in this like, little bedroom and trying to tell jokes to a camera and then pausing for a laugh, and it never comes. You should try it in radio, Russell. <laughs> You're still waiting on that laugh. <laughs> and we have to imagine. <laughs> ah, it's not that easy. Uh, the, the other bit of dish news, but we'll be chatting to one of the actors from it at about 20 to 10 this morning, is that Gangs of London is out today. It's on Now TV, it's on Sky Atlantic, all nine episodes, so you can binge the hoop off yourself. It's seriously it. good. It's really good. Dublin 7104, it's the Strawberry Alarm Clock with Jonas. It's uh, eight minutes after uh, nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. And it's a Thursday, I think. And it's it still, is a Thursday. Still April. And uh, we can go live once again this morning to chat to the Minister for Health, Simon Harris. Good morning, Minister. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to have you back. I think it's been a couple of weeks. And uh, we've all been playing the biggest game ever of Simon Says. Simon Says, stay home. Simon Says, wash your hands. <laughs> what does Simon say today? Simon Says, keep at it. Uh, keep at it because um, we're making a fair bit of progress here as a country. But really, really fragile. And I'm conscious that we keep on coming out trying to explain to people the progress that we're making. And we are making a lot. Like there could have been overwhelmed ICUs at this stage. Our hospitals could have been packed. According to the modelling, we could have seen over 12,000 people die in our country by the first week of May. So people have saved hundreds upon hundreds of lives by by doing as we're asking, by staying at home, washing their hands, keeping apart. But I'm also conscious that there's a little bit of kind of, Asher, aren't we doing all right now, um, creeping in. Um, I'm noticing the roads are a little bit busier. You know, people, I think, are beginning to kind of stretch the public health advice and wondering, um, you know, geez, if we're doing okay, could I not just do this, that, or the other? And that's on, on a human level, you get that because it's really tough for people. Um, but we have to stay the course because there's a really, really, really thin line uh, between where we are today and where we could have been. And my worry is that if that complacency set in, um, we could end up in a bad place. I was watching TV last night and, and speaking of how things might progress and one suggestion from one of the experts was uh, this idea of, of a four-day working week for people with a 10-day weekend and my four-day working week would be different to Jim's, for example and if you then were to get symptoms you'd have them during that 10-day weekend and you could again be self-isolating is that one theory that could be used for Ireland? So we haven't got down to that level of kind of that level of detail, but I mean, what what is very clear is any time anyone increases movement, they increase the risk of people getting sick. So what we're going to have to do as we try to reopen the country is look at how do you minimise that risk. And that will mean workplaces working in a different way. It will mean people who can work from home working from home. It might mean things like, as you say, staggered starting times so that not everyone is in at the same time. Um, so these are the sort of things that every kind of business organisation is going to need to think about but I equally need to be really blunt with people here. I don't think on the 5th of May we're going to have this, I think I called it a light switch moment yesterday where, you know, everything's just kind of going to go back to normal or even back to normal a fair bit of the way. I think what you're more likely to see in around the 5th of May hopefully is that we can say, look, we've made a lot of progress, we've suppressed the virus it's still here though and it could still go the wrong way so that we, we might be able to tweak some of the restrictions try and make things a little bit easier for people because what we're asking people to do now is awful tough I accept that and also maybe try and produce a roadmap that would show how you're going to open up the country uh, bit by bit over the next few weeks and months 
Um, my father's uh, cocooning at the moment, and uh, yeah. every time I go to see him, he says he he feels like this is never going to end. What would you say to that? Yeah, and my own mum is cocooning as well. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd say two, two things: it will end. It absolutely will end. And the second thing I'd say, and, and I don't mean this to be too be too blunt, is the alternative to cocooning is a hell of a lot worse. I mean, yeah. if we're looking at what's happening in other countries, um, their intensive care units are swamped. Their doctors are having to ration care. Their hospitals are overwhelmed. And thousands upon thousands of their citizens are dying. Now, we've seen a lot of tragedy in Ireland, uh, a lot of pain, a lot of people sick, and, and many people have died from this. But, but we're, we're asking you to stay at home because the alternative is an awful lot worse. Um, and while you feel like you're kind of stuck at home, and I get that, um, you're actually safe at home. Um, you're there, we're asking you to stay there because you're safe. But one of the things I would say is we've launched this new website and it's actually, it's pretty good. It's called um, gov.ie, gov.ie forward slash together. And if you actually go there, it has a list of kind of things you can do at home to mind your own mental health, your own physical health, um, you know, lots of different kind of podcasts, ideas, things to do around the house, useful things. We all have a mental health as well. Like you can get sick of things that aren't COVID-19 and I'm conscious of that as well. So that's why we've tried to pull together support and ideas on that website too. One thing I noticed yesterday before the news on, on RT was a tribute. It was the first time I'd seen it, and I don't know if, if, if it's been on for a while, whereas there's names and faces, young and old, to people who have lost, been lost to this virus. And I know before we had significant numbers, everyone knew this was going to happen. But there seems to be, and obviously in your job, you're going to be in the firing line for criticism, but there's a lot of hurt yeah. a few weeks into this from people um, and you know mistakes have been made and no government has, has not made a mistake in, in this whatever part you look at it but uh, you know h- how do we kind of when we look back on this and, and the hurt that's caused and the pain from, from people being lost um, you know how can you try and sympathise with people like that so where do you even start first thing is to do exactly what you tried to do there which is to rem- let's never ever forget that these are not statistics so every night you know the news or the newspapers or radio shows are full of you know reports about figures and numbers and statistics and um, they're people you know they're people's mums and dads husbands and wives grannies and granddads and we shouldn't forget that and um, and i often feel deeply uneasy to be really honest when i'm talking about the progress the country's making and we have to talk about that too because we do need hope and we do need people to know what they're doing is making a difference and it is but you do feel uneasy talking about that in an environment where you know and um, where you know that so many people have actually passed that passed away i mean we've now seen 769 people die in ireland and that's 769 grieving families and the disgusting thing about this virus is you can't even grieve in the normal way so like we generally do grief and funerals pretty well in this country you know we come together we have the wake we give each other hugs we look after each other no we're not families aren't even afforded that at the moment and i know a lot of really good organizations and media are working different ways to try and allow people to showcase that grief and to show that grief and to display it um but you're right when we look back on this i mean we no doubt there'll be lessons for ireland to learn there'll be lessons for everyone to learn mike ryan uh, of this country is the guy who heads up part of the world health organization's effort on this and, you know, he said no country is perfect. Um, hmm. He did also say two other things. He said Ireland is, Ireland is doing pretty well compared to other countries in terms of our response. And when I mean Ireland, I mean everybody in Ireland and all that they're doing and our doctors and our nurses. And he also said speed trumps perfection. Like if you're a minister, usually you, you, you sit around and you get your officials in and you have a big discussion and a chat about will we do this, that or the other. You don't have the time to do that in a pandemic because if you delay, like even delaying for a day um, can cost lives. So, I mean, you're constantly every single day having to make decisions that normally would take, you know, a couple of months of pondering over and debating the pros and the cons. Um, I think I think Mike Ryan sums it up well when he says, like, speed trumps perfection. Um, so, like, when we when we get through this, and we will get through this, we look back and no doubt there'll be lessons for Ireland to learn. But I think there'll also be things that we can be proud of in the country, that um, people did come together, work so hard, none of the usual kind of silos and rows that take place between whatever governments or unions or anyone, everyone just really put their shoulder to the wheel but we do need to keep at it, like I don't want to have this conversation as though we're in any way out of the woods yet because this virus mm. is still here and there's a way to go Yeah we have noticed people have noticed as well, listeners have said that things have got a little bit loosey-goosey out there, there's mm. 
you know, there's a, a great, great weather coming this weekend. May the 5th, round the corner, we're nearly there. So you're saying stick to it. I'm saying stick to it, but I'm also saying, like, you know, just just like you and everybody listening to this program, I want to be able to see my family and friends again. I want to see a point where we can get back to normal life. And I can't tell you this morning exactly when that'll be, but what I can tell you is it'll be sooner um, if we stick with it. I mean, if we start at this stage to get a little bit complacent or a little bit lax or slack off in terms of our own personal responsibilities, what, what I'm absolutely guaranteeing you will happen is more lives will be lost and the length of time of the restrictions will extend. I mean, that, that's the truth, because the more we can do over the next couple of days, what, about 10 days, I think, to the 5th of May, in around that, the more we can do to actually drive down the virus between now and then, and uh, between that now and that May Bank holiday weekend, the more we can do, the more options we'll have as a country. So we can actually start to have intelligent conversations about, well, look, how do we live alongside the virus? How do we get back to not normal, but a new normal? How do we make sure that your dad, who's stuck at home for so long and no doubt probably climbing the walls, maybe even bored him at this stage, how do we make sure people can get a bit of exercise? You know, these are options we have, but we won't have them, quite frankly. We will not have them if we don't make more progress. Um, because if we lifted those restrictions today, I can tell you the only thing that would happen in this country is many, 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 many people would die. And uh, we're not going to let that happen. Um, we've all worked too hard. The Irish people have worked too hard um, to make that mistake. So stick with us, stick at us, listen to the doctors, and uh, we're going to come out of this. Um, but it's going to be gradual and it's going to take us a bit of time. What would be your advice for, for parents of young children like this being the 30 babies under the age of one who have had COVID, children yeah. in general? Is there, do you feel there's misconceptions out there in terms of they'll only spread it but they won't get it and they're okay to be, you know, have we, are we, do we understand as much as we need from the public side about children? I'm not sure we do, to be honest. Um, I mean, it is true that majority of people who get very, very sick with this condition are older people. And it is true that the majority of people who get very, very sick and sadly pass away um, often have underlying conditions. Many of them have underlying conditions. So that's true. But that's not to say that children can't get this virus and get sick. And it's not to say that we haven't seen young people in our country die of the virus. So, I mean, we do have to make sure um, that we're all vigilant in relation to this. We've now seen 262 children in Ireland under the age of 15 um, contract the virus, and 30 of them, as you say, uh, were under the age of one. Now, I don't say that to worry parents. Um, I really don't. Um, but we do all just need to be vigilant. And maybe there's a group of people, maybe people in around my own age in their 30s who kind of think, this is the virus my granny gets, um, and are a little bit lax about it. It's not. Um, I mean, sorry, your granny may well get it, and many people... Many people who are mums and dads and grannies and granddads have gotten it. But we've also, we've also seen, you know, nearly 200 people between the ages of 35 and 44 in hospital with this. Uh, we've seen 52 people between the ages of 15 to 24. Like, you don't get put into hospital with this unless you're pretty sick. So, yeah, none of us should kind of have that, you know, that arrogance of youth of thinking, oh, I'm grand, I'm only in my 30s or I'm only in my 20s. Um, this, this could affect yeah. any of us, and we all need to be vigilant. Are you carrying a plug and charger around with you in your pocket to charge your phone during the day? <laughs> I, I'm not, but I have chargers in pretty much every room I go into, so <laughs> I have chargers spread across <laughs> all the different places I might be. <laughs> we were just wondering. Um, <laughs> what are you doing for your own mental health, Simon? I mean, like, you know, I know you're, you're working so hard, but is there anything you do just to take a break from things that just calms you down, takes your mind off it? I'm trying to take a walk around the, around the block at home, keeping with the two keeping with the two kilometer <laughs> keeping with the two kilometer restriction. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to eat well. Of course, spend a little bit of time with my daughter uh, when I get an opportunity to as well. So th those are the things. But I mean, like like lots of people. So I don't say this in any way to complain. Uh, but like lots of people who are who are working on this, um, we're all pretty flat out at it, and and that's the way it should be. Like we're in the middle of a global pandemic. It doesn't take a break. <laughs> the global pandemic, so we can't rest either. But um. But look, I think it's important for everybody to uh, to try and look after their mental health, and one of the one of the best ways to do that is to take a bit of exercise, uh, is to eat well, uh, drink water, um, and try and stay in touch with people as well. Like you know, like everybody, I miss seeing a lot of my family too. But you know, we can still pick up the phone and we can FaceTime people and have our Zoom chats at the weekends and stuff as well. So I'm trying to do a bit of that too. 
What one of the questions from listeners, Minister? When do you feel, or do you do you have any inside knowledge as to when you will see deaths dropping to to single figures? When will that curve change? Um, so we don't know. Is the, is the short answer? Um, but what we do know is, and I think this is an important point for your listeners: the figure that's announced every day of deaths in Ireland are the number of deaths that have been confirmed to the Department of Health on that day. It doesn't mean that the number the number of deaths that happened that day. So Tony Ola and the Chief Medical Officer puts up a graph every evening that actually shows how many deaths have happened in Ireland that day. And there are, there are some signs, there are some signs uh, that, the, that the, the rate of death is beginning to decline, but it's too early to say that in any way definitively. Um, I, I suppose we are doing something in this country that I'm proud we're doing. Um, we're testing a lot more people and we're also recording deaths that, quite frankly, in other countries they're not recording. I mean, if you listen to the news in some other countries, you'll hear them announcing the number of people who've died in hospital uh, every day. Um, in my view, the ethical thing to do, the honest thing to do, is that you record and announce anybody uh, who's been tested and passed away uh, from COVID-19. And on top of that, we're also trying to identify suspect cases uh, as well. Because we want to... I, I know it's... An, you know, if you're a doctor, if you're a public health expert, you want to find as much of this virus as you can so you can know as much about the how the virus is progressing in your country so we are going you know we're going into nursing homes now and we're testing patients in nursing homes who don't even have symptoms uh, we're testing staff who don't even have symptoms uh, and we're going to continue to broaden and broaden our testing so that we can test as many people as possible because the more yeah you, you know it's, it's a peculiar thing to say but the more you actually find of this virus the better from a public health point of view in terms of making sure you can do everything you possibly can to, to beat it Another question I have actually, just when, and you're seeing it from, I think everyone is looking to other countries that may be a few weeks ahead of us and how they're reacting to it, whether it's temperatures being taken at train stations or masks that are compulsory, uh, is, is nothing ruled in or out for the next phase and the next phase is uh, in terms of masks and things like that? That's a big question that yeah. people are asking us this morning. Yes, yeah, so, so nothing is ruled in or out and our National Public Health Emergency Team are constantly... Uh, looking at what other countries are doing, but also following the advice of the World Health Organization and an organization we're involved in called the European Centre for Disease Control. And, I mean, we've already made some changes. So they decided this week that healthcare staff in many situations should now wear face masks. No, that's something that our nurses and midwives were looking for. And the evidence suggested that they were right in that regard. So that change is now happening. And we'll be looking at the broader use of face masks as well. But again, we won't be making these decisions politically. We'll be following the advice of our doctors. On the issue of temperature checks, it seems to me there's, a, there's you know, kind of mixed views on this amongst the medical community internationally. Uh, but we have now decided to start testing, uh, rather taking the temperature of anybody working in the health service or in our nursing homes uh, during the day as well, just to try and identify, look, if there is a temperature, it mightn't be COVID-19, it may well not be COVID-19, but it makes sense to be really, really cautious. And if you have that temperature, then, you know, go home while you're waiting to test or, you know, follow the advice of, of a doctor. So... We are using temperature checks more and more now in, in the health service, and we'll continue to keep that, keep that under review. We'll be keeping it under review in relation to airports as well, but all of these decisions will be made um, by our chief medical officer. Okay. Well, thanks a million for taking the call again. Uh, the no, general message you. is to keep doing what we're doing. Absolutely. Keep and stay safe. And stay safe. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you very much for talking to us again. Uh, there's Minister for Health, Simon Harris, um, some important points there uh, and definitely more of the serious side of interviews we do on, on this show but uh, just really important to, to just, like we're seeing WhatsApps this morning from people saying there's beauticians taking bookings from the 5th onwards and stuff. I, I hope after that chat maybe people are a bit more focused. Uh, it is the Strawberry Alarm Clock on FM 104. Dublin's FM4, it is the Strawberry Alarm Clock and we can now go to the phone to speak to the lead in an amazing, amazing TV show. It's called Gangs of London. Joe Cole plays Sean Wallace. Good morning. How's it going? Good morning. I think as, as we say in Ireland, Joe, um, not giving away any spoilers, but you wouldn't mess with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sean's a bit of a, he's a bit of a beast. Uh, we've seen the first episode and he has every reason to be we won't give away anything but uh, yeah we, we thought okay the fact that Colin Meany was in it had us interested but then when we see the cast including yourself and then uh, the way it's shot it's just yeah front and centre bring it on yeah man I think um, I think we haven't seen anything like this before um, hopefully it kind of moves the conversation in a different direction 
um, and offer some something new and a few surprises for the viewers. Well, the timing of it couldn't be more perfect in, in some sense because everyone's looking for something good to watch and this is something good to watch. It's, it'll be on uh, Sky Atlantic and, and Now TV. There's quite a significant gangland problem in Dublin in real life and Colin's been talking about it. It's quite strange for him to even comment on that kind of real life environment. But he was obviously doing research for the role. Did you also have to do research or did you know some bad lads? Uh, um, I mean, you know, I, I sort of went down a, a YouTube and Google rabbit hole of... Uh, uh, of kind of gangs, um, both in London and across the, the UK and Ireland um, and, and abroad. And you kind of very quickly uh, can get to a very dark, um, dark places. But for me, it was more about um, kind of looking at the relationship between powerful fathers and their sons. And I actually uh, was, quite, was quite interested in Barry Hearn <clears throat> and, uh, and Eddie Hearn, his son, um, the boxing promoter, who... Uh, yeah. You know, his, his, his dad sort of achieved everything in, in, in kind of promo, uh, sports promotion and his son had something to prove. And, and, and it's, uh, there is certain parallels, obviously, on a, a much more um, gruesome uh, level and with, with Sean and, and, and his father, Finn, played by Colomini. But, you know, I was kind of interested in that, this, 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 this son who's trying to look up to his father and trying to impress his father and trying to make something of himself all the while over the, as the series progresses, kind of realising that perhaps his father isn't who he thought he was. And see, as the show goes on, Sean starts to uncover various things that make him question who he is and who his family are. The thing I find interesting about gang stuff as well sometimes, in a lot of crime situations where people have gone down a wrong path, maybe the father wasn't present. But if you think of stuff like The Sopranos, Anthony was trying to always, there was flashbacks constantly to his father. So even when the dad is around, it, it mm. can still go terribly wrong. Yeah, and, and, and the research that I did, in real crime families and, and people who, who kind of grow up in these, uh, in these crime families and, 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 and grow to have a real hate for establishment and for authority and for the police and for the system and prison uh, and all the rest of it, um, these people usually have a, or always have, uh, from, from my research, a, uh, a figure in their life, a role model in their life, who has this disposition of kind of, um, of, of, of being sort of, you know, gangster or a difficult person. And, and, and that was quite interesting. Like, so Sean's main role model is his father. And, uh, and that's who his father is. So that's all he knows. So he's, so he's grown up from a very young age to, to despise kind of any, any sort of authority outside of that. And when you signed up for the role, did you know it was going to be Calamini as your dad or was that just a nice surprise afterwards? That was a very pleasant surprise afterwards. Uh, yeah, I think it was, it's, it's a difficult one to cast because essentially he's, he's, he's only in flashbacks, um, really, aside from yeah. the kind of opening episode. But you need a figure that really casts a shadow across the whole series and, and somebody who, who, who really... Uh, has a sort of status and a stature and, and, and a presence. And I did a couple of um, flashback sequences with, with Colin um, and, you know, I've seen some of what, what he's done. And and he just brings something. He has this presence. Um, and I think, you know, the casting directors did a fantastic job and it was just amazing that he came on board because I think it, it, it just adds... A, a real level. I mean, that character, Finn Wallace, throughout the whole series, it, it, you know, it's kind of all about him, really, even though he's kind yeah. of, he, he, he's, he's not there. For those uh, listening this morning who haven't obviously seen the show yet, just to set the context for everybody, uh, we had a massive crime show here in Ireland called Love Hate, and it was, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it, I think it was showed. Mm, yeah, yeah, of course, well. man, yeah. Your show reminds, reminded us from watching it, just a little bit of things like Luther, the way it was shot and stuff. It is another level to those shows, and you know it has to be said. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing the way it looks. And, and look, it, it, there is something about our, our human minds that is obsessed with crime. And if you want to be scared and to see grit and to see the Jesus moments, they're all throughout the show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's, it's it's dark. Some opening scene. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it starts how it needs to go on, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, so if you're wondering how you can see Gangs of London, it's available from today, the 23rd, on uh, Sky Atlantic and Now TV. So it is there 
uh, you know, and if you've got some free time in your hands, everybody, <laughs> I'd highly recommend it. So uh, future work for you, uh, will you be working with uh, nice fluffy animals or something just to make sure you don't get typecast or <laughs> what's the plan? I hope so. I think I'm going to pack in a day job and go and, uh, go and work on a farm. That sounds nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think in a way, I kind of these are the roles that make you want to be an actor. You know, it's a lot of fun, and, and it's like a big playground. You know, we're using, you know, we're using guns. There's these huge set pieces, big explosions, like stuff you read on the page, and you think, how are, how on earth are they going to bring this to life? And uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And the other things, crucial things people need to know, there's nine of them and they're all available from today. You don't have to wait week by week to watch it. Do you prefer that, uh, Joe, just being able to binge stuff or as an actor, do you prefer kind of hanging people in the balance and making them come back all the time? I do like the uh, the sort of Sunday night, uh, whatever it is, sort of checking in once a week. Uh, but I think particularly in this environment, um, obviously with COVID-19 and all the rest of it and everybody being locked up indoors, I think it's uh, a far better way just to just to have it um, have it to binge, so people can just dip in and out of it as and when. And I think that probably works quite well. Also, we want to get we want to we want people to see it and 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 hopefully get a bit of an audience. So I think um, if you have it on once a week, that takes a lot longer to build. Well, it's called Gangs of London, and it's an absolute cracker. Well done. You must be very proud of it, and uh, highly recommend it. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate that. And you know we don't recommend stuff unless it's really, really bloody good. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.